Welcome to another episode of Sustainably Speaking. I'm your host, Joshua Baca. On today's episode, we're going to talk about an issue that's near and dear to me, food security. Many people don't realize that millions of Americans still don't have access to fresh, nutritious food, or that 30 to 40% of food in the United States alone is wasted. When food is tossed aside, so are opportunities for improved food security, better nutrition, economic growth, and environmental prosperity. You're probably thinking, so where do we even begin addressing the issue of food waste? Fortunately, the invaluable work of food banks and advances in more sustainable plastic packaging are helping to delay food spoilage so that fresh meats, produce, and dairy products last longer. So let's dig into this special conversation with John Krieger, Chief Operating Officer at Montgomery County Food Bank in North Houston, Texas who will help us understand the role plastic packaging plays in extending the shelf life of food, as well as why preventing food loss is good for our children, our communities, and the environment. John Krieger, thank you so much for taking some time today to be on the Sustainably Speaking podcast. Maybe you could start us off and tell our listeners a little bit about what the Montgomery Food Bank is and some of the work you all are doing there. Absolutely. So the Montgomery County Food Bank is part of the Feeding America network in that we're what they call a PDO of the Houston Food Bank. So the Houston Food Bank covers 18 counties and the Montgomery County Food Bank takes care of Montgomery County for them. John, maybe just a little bit about yourself. What inspired you to get into this type of work? Very, very important endeavor and probably not enough of it is talked about or done. So what was your inspiration to get into this space, into this work that you're doing today? Well, my first career, I'll put it, was in food. I was a, with a food broker and we represented food manufacturers. So we would call on the retailers. And the last eight years of that, I was a part owner of a small produce company, broker company, and we ended up selling and found myself looking for a job and the, the, the Lord uh, kind of directed me to go to the food bank. It was, it was very inspiring. I'm going to imagine that the work you're doing is very fulfilling on a variety of levels. And maybe one thing you could start our listeners off by is the work you do in this space and the importance of partnerships. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the partnerships and how important is collaboration and partnerships to making some of the work you do successful? So food banks are just a very small part of the whole process, right? If you think about it in the banking industry, we're the bank. We have agencies, food pantries and stuff throughout our county that are our ATMs. So they actually distribute the product out there. So that's kind of a small part of the distribution part. And then we have where we get the product, right? Most of our product is donated. Probably 60% of it is, is donated. And so we couldn't do it without the retailers, the manufacturers, farmers, growers, where we get the product. And then we still have to sort it out. So we need volunteers. Last year, I think we had something like 6,000 volunteers come in. You know, here at the food bank, we have 28 employees. We couldn't do what we do without volunteers. So it takes everyone to do what uh, needs to be done for food insecurity. And John, we're going to dive into the issue of sustainability and food insecurity in just a second. Every guest we've had on the Sustainably Speaking podcast, we start off with sort of an overarching theme. 
Tell us a little bit about what sustainability means to you and why it is important to the work you're doing. Sustainability to me is utilizing every asset that's out there uh, to the fullest, right? Even the products that we see or some people might see as waste, there's value to that. And it, and it all goes to the bottom line. For instance, we have a food produce rescue center. The produce that we glean out, it gets uh, composted, made into soil that's uh, going to be growing to make more produce. So just continuing that circular economy and keeping it going. A little while ago, you talked about the importance of food donations. Can you give our listeners some insight onto the most common types of food that are donated and the life of that food and how important it is to preserve it? We get canned items from the retailers, and that's pretty simple, right? I mean, food safety is our number one concern. So we do glean through that and check it and make sure it's not out of date too far. There's a food keeper's guide. It's the best if used by date, so we can go a little bit further than that. Uh, and then the produce, as you can imagine, is sometimes near the end of its life. But if we can get it out quickly or package it, we can extend the shelf life of that produce. One of the uh, UN Global Sustainability Development Goals is zero hunger, a very important endeavor. This is obviously a global problem when it comes to food and hunger. Can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of food insecurity and how prevalent it is in America and, and our communities and why our listeners should be concerned about this issue? So food insecurity is a problem. This year, Feeding America states that about 42 million people are food insecure, 13 million of that being children. When you're not getting the proper nutrition from foods you eat, then it's a vicious cycle where chronic disease sets in, where, where it's harder to get a job, and it just multiplies down. So our goal here at the Montgomery County Food Bank is 50% of all the nutritious product we send out is produce. So nutrition is, is, is important. Tell us a little bit about how we address the issue of food insecurity and how can we continue to improve nutrition for those families who maybe don't have access to high quality food like others do? So food banks around the country are very focused on what we call food deserts, places where residents don't have that local grocery store. And so a lot of the small corner stores, they don't carry produce. And so it's harder for those people in the area to get fresh food, you know, nutritious food. So we, as food banks, strive to get partners in those areas and get them the nutritious products that they need in that area. Something like 24% of what goes into our landfill is food waste, and over 40 million Americans either don't have enough food or have an inadequate take of nutritious food and calories that are needed on a daily basis. One of the ways that our companies and our industry has been working on the issue of food security is through innovation and innovative design of the types of packaging that preserve food to last longer. Can you talk a little bit about how important packaging is to preserve the quality of life? Yes. You know, when we get food donated, especially perishable, time's not our friend, right? So the more we can extend that shelf life, the better. One of the things that Dow did for us when they donated the funds to get our produce rescue center going was also allow us to use their engineered film that we package produce in. Whenever you get a donation of fresh vegetables, you only have so long to get it out. So if we can extend that shelf life, we can distribute more of it that we've rescued. So keeping it fresh, longer for us to distribute it and the clients to consume it. 
I think it's important to note that when food goes to waste, it's not just the meal or the nutrients that are being lost. Food waste also leads to wasting other precious resources used in food production and distribution, such as land, water, energy, labor, and capital. Without the proper packaging, we would not be able to store, refrigerate, or transport fresh food items across long distances, nor would places like Montgomery County Food Bank be able to distribute vital goods to their local communities. What many people don't think about when they're grocery shopping is how the best packaging is more often than not made from plastic. It can survive extreme environments and doesn't easily degrade in hot and cold temperatures. Plastic packaging is critical to food safety while being more flexible and lighter weight than alternatives. Can you tell me a little bit more about your partnership with Dow and some of the work they're doing to help preserve the shelf life of the food you mentioned? Yeah, so we actually started this in 2017. We were doing shelf studies on the different produce that we get in. We used pre-made bags, made a film, and did shelf studies. So we've learned over the years of what items it's advantageous to use it with. And with Dow technology, we've been able to increase our output because we've rescued more of that product. Tell me a little bit more about the importance of just preserving food generally. Food waste is a huge contributor to carbon emissions and greenhouse gas. What else can we be doing to preserve food as a society to both deal with those who are hungry, but also protect the climate at the same time? Yeah, so for instance, produce, when it's picked, it only has so much shelf life. If we can preserve it by packaging, then we can hold that for another week, two weeks, and feed more people with that. So where does the topic of food security and prevention of spoilage intersect with sustainability? Our world is built on complex systems and every one of those systems is connected. Food and sustainability are no different. According to an EPA 2018 report, more food reached landfills than any other single material, totaling 24% of material. And globally, the picture is even more eye-opening. Over 6% of all greenhouse gas emissions come from food waste. Let me put it another way. If food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases. Plastic packaging can prevent a whole lot of food waste because it helps extend the shelf life of our food, which helps reduce greenhouse gas emissions from food waste. Also, as food banks transport or deliver donations, lighter weight packaging can further reduce transportation costs and the carbon emissions that come with this part of the journey. Keeping people healthy starts at the kitchen table with the foods they eat and keeping our planet healthy starts with how we care for our most precious resources. Preventing food loss or spoilage can teach us a lot about preservation of resources everywhere. Talk to me a little bit about what you see in communities today. What do people need? What are people asking for? So really, nutrition is a big thing that people are seeking out. Of course, everybody wants sweets every now and then, but nutrition is very important. You also mentioned a little bit earlier that food deserts are common in Montgomery County. Can you elaborate on that? And, and what is considered a food desert right now? Yeah, food deserts are where there's not access to fresh foods. You don't have a local grocery store. 
John, can you tell me a little bit more about your school distribution projects? I understand that one in four children in Montgomery County lack access to nutritional food. What are you all doing in that space to address the issue when it comes to school distribution and, and making sure that folks or kids have good food to eat? So we have the Backpack Buddy program. Children are identified by their uh, teachers and counselors. And then we send home a bag of food every Friday. So during the week, they have free and reduced breakfast and lunch. But on the weekends, they probably aren't getting food. So we'll send home a bag of food every weekend for those children. Another thing that we do and other food banks do is food pantries right there at the school. High schools really have the school pantries. How have you all navigated the complexities of the pandemic to ensure people continue to get the high quality food that you all are promising to deliver? So the pandemic changed the way our distribution model had to be. I mean, normally food would go through our agencies and the clients would go into a building and pick out their food. With COVID, we had to switch to more of a mobile unit. You've probably seen it on TVs where all the cars are lined up. They drive through, open their trunk, we put it in. So you don't have that one-on-one -on -one contact, but you still are able to distribute a lot of food. How important do you think it is that we start that conversation about a healthy lifestyle around our kitchen tables and the types of food we eat to ensure that the next generation of Americans understand the importance of these decisions on, on their long-term health? I mean, nutrition is key. I mean, you have to stay healthy. It keeps away chronic disease. It's just like I was mentioning earlier, that vicious cycle. Hi. During this short break, I want to encourage you to visit americasplasticmakers.org and download our new policy vision for accelerating a circular economy for plastics. Leaders from across our industry are united to propose a federal path forward that will help move our nation towards a more sustainable future. Now back to the show. John, let's kind of bring this home with a couple of higher level questions. How can folks get involved in the work you are doing and, and what do you need today? We need the volunteers. As I mentioned earlier, we can't do it without volunteers. And then I would say if you're a business, food banks were really created around taking advantage of what was considered waste, right? It's the vegetables and, and fruit that don't meet the specs, even in the manufacturing line, there's items that don't meet the specs of that manufacturer. If we can connect with all of those and just, if you're a business, look at what you're putting in the trash and chances are there's a way that uh, it can be utilized by a food bank. And when you talk about businesses, do you mean exclusively grocery stores or retail folks or how can other businesses get involved in that capacity? Really, any businesses, right? Houston is known for petroleum capital. And with petroleum, resin is made or resin pellets are made, plastic. Well, food banks use a lot of plastic. And we had petroleum companies donate these resin pellets. And then they had a partner actually make bags for So saving the food bank a lot of money. Every dollar the food bank saves, for us, it's five meals that we can provide. So a little bit goes, goes a long ways. It seems like plastic plays a really important role in all of the work you all are doing in both transporting and preserving food. It is. And Dow helped us get into more of the recycling of plastic. We've always done cardboard, but we started recycling our plastic now. One of the cool projects that we're working on is you know, we have the Produce Rescue Center, 
and we've been gleaning all that produce. Right now, that produce not good for human consumption goes to a partner for composting. We're hoping to actually start bagging our own uh, soil mix made from that. That's great. John, I want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us. Just on a personal note, I've always appreciated the work that people like you and our communities do to make our lives better and, and many others better. I was once a recipient of that work, grew up with a single mother and you know, very much appreciated the work people like you do to make my life easier at some point. So please keep up the good fight. And if there's anything that we or our listeners can do, do not hesitate to reach out so we can be helpful in your efforts. Very good. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainably Speaking. And a huge thank you to John for joining us. Don't forget to check out mcfoodbank.org to learn how you can help. And please leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to spread the word about the Sustainably Speaking podcast to your friends or colleagues. We'll be back in your podcast feeds with a new episode in two weeks. Until then, I look forward to Sustainably Speaking again soon.